Before this episode starts, I want to give a quick trigger warning that sexual abuse is discussed. It is discussed briefly, but it is indeed discussed when talking about conscious content consumption. So if you want to skip that, go ahead and do it. Also, there is a time where my furnace turns on, so it's a little... there's some background noise. Sorry about that, but it does end around minute 15. So stick it out. It's really good, interesting content to listen to, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Here it is. Episode 14 of Long Hair Do Care. I'm your host, Georgie Corkery. Pronouns she, her, hers. Also happy to go by they, them, theirs. And this podcast is all about queer, intersectional, eco-feminist topics. Today's topic is going to be dynamic defense, specifically dynamic defense at the Sil Lum Kung Fu Kwun that is in South Salt Lake City, Utah. And the date was supposed to be July 25th, 2001 for this recording, but uh, I skipped that week when I did this, but my podcast, My Rules, and I'm backtracking to record this, so it might sound better than some of the older podcasts because I've learned a lot as I've recorded these, and I hope (laughs) that they're getting better as they go. That being said, my special guest today is Michaela Nielsen. She is the assistant instructor at the Silum Kung Fu Kwun and the head instructor for the Dynamic Defense program that is at the Kwun. Hi, Michaela. I'm so happy to have you. How's it going? I'm Michaela from Dynamic Defense. Uh, pronouns are she and her, and I'm excited to be here and to talk about what we can do. Yeah, I'm so excited mainly because I have participated in the Dynamic Defense mm-hmm. thanks to Molly and Stefan. Shout out to Molly and Stefan. I Love you guys so much, and I don't know if you listen to any of my podcast episodes besides the one that Stefan's in, but I'm going to, you know, shout out to you anytime that I can, because you rock, and you introduced me to Michaela, who is pretty great as well. Michaela, before we jump into the topic, we have to talk about updates from the week. Have you interacted with any cats this week? Interacted? No. But I have watched a lot of cat videos on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Stefan can vouch because I send them all to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I don't think I've actually watched any cat videos on Instagram, mostly because I haven't had an Instagram until I got this podcast. Okay. And everyone's like, you need a way to advertise it. So if you guys are on Instagram, follow me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> follow Long Hair Do Care. Yeah. <laughs> the cats I interacted with for the week back in July, I was in Salt Lake City and there was Dada and Moira who are Beck's cats. Beck came on for episode five, and I've mentioned them in a number of podcasts, but I haven't acknowledged them as Beck's because that podcast recording was also a back recording because I make the rules. That's just how it works. Um, but Dad and Moira saw them that week, and then I saw Lila, a cat named Lila, and her six kittens, and they were so cute. They were, I believe... Nine days old. 
Oh yeah. my gosh, they were squirming around. Just the itty bitties. Uh huh. And she is a calico, but then she had two black cats, two gray cats, and two orangey white cats. Okay. They were very lovely. I like kittens very much, and they killed me how cute they were. And then I saw my friend Dane's cat for the first time. Dane is my runner friend, okay. one of my dear friends. He worked at the Roots Charter High School with me, and I was taking him and his fiance, soon to be wife. Uh, I'm going to his wedding. Congrats. Brag, hard brag. <laughs> but I met their cat, so his fiance, Emily. Uh, I don't know if I said her name. And that cat's name was Percy, and Percy was very adorable. I did have to text him to remind me what the name was, and then he sent me a picture of his other cat, who I haven't met, named Yeti. Yeti has a cute little baby stomach. Not only does he have a cat named Yeti, but he has a dog named Sasquatch, and then two giant dogs, one named Jora. I don't know how to say that, Dane. I'm so sorry. And then Khaleesi, which I'm pretty sure is a... What's that? The Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, yeah. yes. Yeah. I haven't really watched that. It's okay. I made it through season one and haven't seen anything since. <laughs> okay, cool. We're on the same page then. I'm sure Dane has seen more because you named your dog Khaleesi, Dane. We'll talk about that later. So those are the cats that I saw. Six kittens, Dada and Moira, and Dane's cat. And the mother of the kittens. I am always so excited to share my cat interactions with everybody, and I realize the way that I describe all cats is so cute. There's not a lot of nuance in my love for cats, so that's what they are. They're just so cute. Mm -hmm. Wildlife interactions for the week. Michaela, have you... We have, yeah. So I have a Labrador, and the other morning we were getting ready to go to work because she, she's a service dog, and so she goes with me pretty much everywhere. And does she go to the coon with you? She does. Yep. She'll sleep in the back and we'll be sparring with each other and she just snoozes the whole time. I wonder, did I, I did see her once. I think you did. Yeah. I think she was there the, other, the last time. You were yeah. There. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yep. So we were getting ready to go to work and I did not see this deer that was in my neighbor's yard, <laughs> but she did. <laughs> and so she tried to chase it, but was stopped by the chain link fence and kind of ran into the fence. But Aww. she has learned since not to run into the fence. Yeah. Well, but that's pretty much our wildlife interaction right there. And then I have a flock of quail that live in the pirate panther uh, in our backyard. I love that. So they're fun to watch. Yeah. California quails are one of the first birds I was able to identify. One, because they are easy to identify mm -hmm. with their little, little feather. head feather. Uh -huh. uh, I used to think that was their beak when I was a kid. And... I, like, that's a weird bird. Uh-huh. I was like, that bird has the weirdest nose I've ever seen. I also didn't realize that birds didn't have noses back then. Right. I mean, they kind of do, they do in their own yeah. way, but I was a little kid. I thought quails had feathers where their noses. Um, I'm sure during this week back in July, I did see a number of birds, mm -hmm. but I have no wildlife recorded. But right. again, everybody, birds are the number one wildlife that we interact with every day. Mm -hmm. sure. And that's so critical. They are the quote unquote canary in the coal mine mm -hmm. for our planet. And the population of birds has dwindled significantly, right. which is a whole nother topic in and of itself. But I just want to reiterate the importance of birds. As right? a birder. <laughs> I can appreciate that. I, I have a flock of ravens that when I walk, Zena, oh. they know us. And so they'll yeah. follow us on our walks. They do. They're very they're smart. smart. And I think it's because, you know, I'll bring them some treats and shiny things. Yeah. But 
that you can identify. So I have my own little flock of ravens. That's but... great. I love ravens. A lot of people think that they see crows in Utah, but most of the time they it's are raven, ravens. Right? Yeah, they're a little bit bigger. I would do the distinguishing calls, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I could nail it, and I'd probably embarrass myself. So another it's time. <laughs> For Teslas that week, back in July, I counted 63 and six halves. Okay. So not as many as the weeks before when I went to California and mm-hmm. visited Stefan, but still a, a fair amount. amount. I'm pretty sure that week I was staying at home quite a bit, working on probably the podcast. So not too many there, but in Salt Lake. So for conscious content consumption this week, I have the Lolita podcast, and that's hosted by Jamie Loftus. Jamie Loftus is also co-host of the podcast, The Bechdel Cast, Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorites. Again, thanks to Molly, Molly Scoville. That one goes over how women are portrayed in movies. And then this one, the Lolita podcast, as you could assume by the name, is all about the book Lolita, as well as the movie adaptations, as well as the cultural phenomena that Mm -hmm. came out of Lolita. Right. Have you read Lolita or do you know what it is? I vaguely know, but I'm not super familiar with it. Okay. I've heard of it, but it's not like (laughs) I have all the knowledge of it. Yeah. I'll do my little overview from Mm -hmm. after listening to 11 episodes of this podcast. But essentially, the book written a, a long time ago by Nabokov, I might be saying that wrong. Nabokov wrote this book. Lolita, and it's about this girl, Dolores Hayes, Mm -hmm. and her mom, and then this guy, Humphrey Humphrey, comes Mm -hmm. and lives with them. He is obsessed with Dolores and sexualizes her, and from the beginning, at the beginning of the book, it says, hey, this is an unreliable narrator who is on trial for murder, so don't trust what he says. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it's narrated by Humphrey Humphrey, so you get this perverted narrative. Essentially, he may or may not have killed Dolores' mom. He takes her from school, and then there he basically kidnaps her, and they're on the road for a long time. Mm -hmm. He does sexually assault and abuse her Mm -hmm. continually. Eventually, she gets out of it with another sexual abuser, but unfortunately, (laughs) that's the way her story played out, was to get away from one, she had to tag along with another one, and then she finally ended up with a husband and I think she gets pregnant but then she dies and it's just a horrible book apparently really well written and a lot of teachers in the United States have assigned it for reading I don't know how all those discussions have gone but based on the podcast sometimes it's like wow this is such a great book and other times it's like hey we really need to address these issues of domestic violence, of child abuse, of coercion. So the podcast, let's see, I'm going to read a description that the podcast gives itself, written, I assume, by Jamie Loftus, who, Jamie, if you ever listen to my podcast, I think we should be friends. You and Caitlin Durante from the Bechdel cast are incredible human beings. We are friends, but you've never met me. So... Who is Lolita? The Nabokov literary classic has sparked infinite discussion in the 65 years since its release. 
but the cultural memory the book has left behind lives more in romantic and fashion aesthetics than a cautionary tale about a deceptive predator and his young prey. Jamie Loftus wants to know how we got here, and this series traces Lolita, a person, Dolores Hayes, from her literary origin to current status as a doomed icon. I like that a lot because she was <laughs> young prey, and from there we have this fashion of like the Lolita fashion, which right. takes a whole life of its own, and there's at least one full podcast episode dedicated to it in this podcast. Here's a little bit more information about the podcast itself. Launched on November 22nd, 2020, so during the pandemic, across 10 episodes, or 11 if you count the two-part number 8 episode, host and creator Jamie Loftus seeks to figure out how Nabolkov, Nabolkov's Lolita became so much more than just a novel. Loftus interviews academics who have studied the book, as well as people who worked on various adaptations of the novel, namely most of the women who have played Lolita themselves, mm -hmm. so the child actors, who, unfortunately in some cases, were actually abused by the producers. Yeah, and that's not okay. That's Yeah. yeah. And I know based on this podcast that some people have given this book to younger women and used that to explain their romantic relationship with this underage girl when they were a much older man. So it's a heavy podcast, and I listened to it probably in two weeks, and by the end of the two weeks, one, I was totally enthralled, and it was really great information, and it felt therapeutic in a way. Mm -hmm. to listen to it, but I had a lot of angst because it was very triggering. So don't listen to this if you're sensitive to it, but it's very good. I suggest everybody does listen to it. So that's my conscious content consumption for the week. A little bit heavier, but a great podcast. Go, Jamie. You rock. I'm so glad you did that. Michaela, what do you have to share? Um, on my end of things, I've got a couple things to share. I have a poem that I have been reflecting on lately. Um, it's called Be Drunk by Charles Baudelaire. And from my takeaway from this poem is that it goes over not necessarily being drunk like substance abuse-wise, but yeah. find what you love in life and get drunk on that. <laughs> um, so, Which is an incredible yeah. message. I'm so excited to hear this poem. Yeah. So I'll give you the read-through, and if it resonates, cool. If not, let it go. One should always be drunk. That's all that matters. That's our one imperative need. So as not to feel time's horrible burden that breaks your shoulders and bows you own, you must get drunk without ceasing. But what with? With wine? With poetry? Or with virtue? As you choose. But get drunk. And, if at some time, on the steps of a palace, in the green grass of a ditch, in the bleak solitude of your room, you are waking up when the drunkenness has finally abated. Ask the wind, the wave, a star, the clock, all that which flees, all that which groans, all that which rolls, all that which sings, all that which speaks. Ask them, what time is it? And the wind, the wave, the star, the bird, the clock will reply, it is time to get drunk so that you may not be martyred slaves of time, yet drunk. Get drunk and never pause for rest, with wine, with poetry, 
or with work shoe as you choose. Ah, that was so good. Yeah, it's uh, it's been one that I've been kind of just reflecting on lately, just doing what makes you happy and fully enjoying life. Yeah, God, I really enjoy the on the steps of a palace or the green grass of a ditch Mm -hmm. and then the bleak solitude of your room because sometimes I am at home. That's where my reflection is, is in the solitude And it's like, oh man, this does feel bleak, Mm -hmm. but I'm not necessarily doing anything bad. It's maybe that I'm just not not. on an adventure. Exactly. And then (laughs) to ask the bird, the clock, the star, the wave, the wind, ugh. Right. What time is it? Right. It's time to get drunk. <laughs> it's time to get drunk off of, I don't know, virtue? Wow, yeah. what a great right. line. Whatever makes you happy. And I feel like it's just something, find what brings you bliss and happiness and get drunk on that. Yeah, so. I appreciate that very much. And what I also appreciate, I'm looking at Michaela's notes that she printed off, is that the poem is in this like beautiful italicized <laughs> right? font and everything else looks like it's in, is it Cabriel? I don't know yeah, if that's the name of the, the font. The basic word font. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever said that out loud before, but I think it is Cabriel right. um, or Ariel, maybe Ariel. But the font of your poem is beautiful, just as the poem is. I'm glad you gave it a sheen that it deserves. <laughs> I love that. I'll have to put that in my own book of poetry that I carry around. So Perfect. thank you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and then you also have a book, correct? Yes, I do have a book. It was referenced to me from Stefan Schilder, who was on Georgie's podcast a little bit ago. Um, the title of it is called The Gift of Fear and other survival signals that protect us from violence. It was written by Gavin De Becker. He is like an FBI behavioral analyst, huh. amazing genius. He gives a lot of experiences from cases that he's worked with on how to identify behavior. And long story short, as he says, this fear that we have, this intuition we get from other people is not to be um, Swept under the rug? Yes, don't sweep it under the rug. Don't diminish it because... It's your body saying, hey, there's something wrong. Yeah, and picking up to signals it. and then mm-hmm. sending signals to you. That's interesting. And I love that Stefan recommended that. I haven't heard of that book before, mm-hmm. but I do think I might have listened to an interview with this yes. guy. Yes, he was on Oprah and they talked about it. Oh, okay. He's given, he's given interviews. It's on an Damn, audio on Oprah? Book. <laughs> right, right. No, you're the prestige. Um, but yeah, it's audio booked as well. So if like, the physical book is an enticing listening to it and hearing yeah. his words and saying his advice really of saying like, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition, because sometimes it's the nice guy asking if he can help you load your groceries. That's going to be the one to hurt you. Yeah. I definitely would listen to that over reading it because nonfiction is hard for me to stay enticed in. Right. And I, I always like commit to a book. I have to read through it. And then right. I just don't read for a while, but Say the name of it one more time. It's called The Gift of Fear. The Gift of Fear by Gavin... DeBecker. DeBecker. Awesome. Yep. yep, it's on Amazon. It's more than likely at your local Barnes & Nobles or any other bookshop. Is but... there one thing that you pulled from it that really stuck with you? Yes, the piece that I pulled that really stuck with me is that it sometimes is the nice guy who is going to be the one that wants to hurt you. And yeah. through various examples in his book, because, you know, it's something I'm sure you've experienced where I'm short, I can't reach the top shelf of some grocery stores, and yep. like, oh, here, I'll get that for you. And, you know, normally it's like a thank you in passing, but now after reading this, I would look back at some of the conversations that came after, and I was Ugh. like, oh, there's a big red flag. Yeah. 
in a few situations, one specifically that is coming to mind just hearing you say all this, I was posting a bookshelf on mm -hmm. the free Facebook marketplace. Right. And some dude was like, yeah, I'll pick it up. And I was like, cool, like, I'm going to put it outside and we're not going to interact at all. Right, like, I don't need to see And you. so I did, and he picked it up, and dude just kept messaging me. And we exchanged phone numbers right. because it was like, hey, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to post this on, like, my address on right. Facebook. No, thank you. Here's the thing, pick it up. It's just like on KSL, you kind of right. just trust people to, to pick up people. stuff. And yeah. And he sent me first a picture of him with those big machines that break concrete. Okay, yeah. What are the, they called? Um, uh, like a power... Yes, it's a power drill. I know. Jackhammer. Jackhammer, which it was so weird. Like a picture okay. of him using a jackhammer, which okay. metaphorically is disgusting. Right. And then another one of his fancy apartment. And then another one of mm -hmm. his car. And it was like... Yep, and that's kind of what the book touches on, is that sometimes mm -hmm. it's people you don't expect to be the ones that have those hidden agendas. And yeah, and it was just this random person on Facebook, and mm -hmm. because of that, I changed my name on Facebook. I got really scared. I changed all my privacy stuff. Mm -hmm. I blocked him. I told him that thanks for picking it up because I'm moving this week. Like, right. I was so freaked out. I was living with Molly and Stefan at that time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Stefan, I'm freaked out. And he's like, what? Molly's there. There's a weird man around. What? And yep. <laughs> yep, I remember hearing that story. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I might have blown it up a little bit, but it was just this Mm -hmm. like fear, fear and the of... things that he was saying it right. was nothing straightforward mm -hmm. sexual but it implicit was and uncomfortable when you picked this up i was never to hear from you again yeah it continued on his end so so things like that situations like that and mm -hmm. of course there are more when you're in person with people and they just stick around right and hang out and and i understand there's some people out there that just don't pick up on social cues i have a yeah. few friends that just don't and you kind of have to sit there and be like okay bye uh -huh. like this is the end but at the same time there's that if it's that weird vibe you're getting that gut instinct saying hey something's not right here it's typically not right so i wonder does this book go into also domestic relationships or yes. i mean romantic relationships mm -hmm. that are getting more serious um it does yes saying that sometimes that's the way that they can sometimes slide in is hey i it reminds me of the Netflix series, You. You, I haven't seen that. One. So, I haven't finished the series, but <laughs> the synopsis of it is this guy works in a bookstore, sees this girl, decides that he is a, that she's the love of his life, and he starts stalking her and finding things about her life. Oh, don't decide that anybody is the love of your life based on yep. looking at them. <laughs> it, gets, it gets pretty twisted, and like she realizes what he's doing, and then it turns into a big blow up, and it's full-on craziness. It very much so is like, this does happen, that people do watch us. Ugh, that's the worst. I ask that question about relationships and people who you do develop relationships mm -hmm. with because a point I don't believe we said earlier when I was talking about the Lolita podcast, but most violence, most sexual abuse and child abuse comes from people you know and love. And it's not yeah. just a stranger. So the whole stranger danger campaign that happened. Right. That was good, but... but it wasn't the ultimate problem. Yeah. 
It's like if your house is flooded and you're like, oh, well, I cleaned the bathroom. (laughs) Like, cool, we have a clean bathroom, but the house is flooded. There is one comedian, female comedian, I forget her name. She's blonde. Maybe it's, it's not Isabel. Either way, there's this female blonde comedian that has several specials. One of them is Elder Millennial. Yes, I know who you're talking about. And she came out with this movie about how this guy essentially worked his way into her life. And Mm -hmm. it was just lie after lie after lie. And Mm -hmm. her friends were like, hey, this is weird. Like, these things are weird. Look into this. Yeah. So if you are someone who might not pick up on social cues, but your friends say, hey... Mm -hmm. This is strange. Listen to your friends and look into that because some people do have bad intentions. Mm -hmm. This maybe is the chance to take advantage of a segue to the Dynamic Defense Program? Yes. Program. Program, course. Yeah. Course, yeah. I guess in my emails I saw course. No worries. It's okay. (laughs) Program, course, they both are the same. Okay, well, let's start off with what is the Dynamic Defense course, and it's at the Silum Kung Fu Kun. Yep, yep, it's Um, a tricky, it's a tongue twister. Yeah, and I I did mention it in a previous episode, Mm -hmm. but I can't remember which one, so we're talking about it now. Tell us about what this Dynamic Defense course is. So initially it was a defense course designed for women. Um, Me... Stefan and one of our other instructors, Tadao, got together and designed this one. As of late, we've been opening it up to anybody who's needing some self-defense skills because we've come to realize that there is a greater need out there for anybody who doesn't feel safe to learn skills because in reality, we can't rely on the guy behind us at the grocery store line to protect us or the person next to us, you know, whomever it may be. What we want to do is teach people to instill that empowerment in themselves that they are more than capable of keeping themselves safe and getting home at night. So with our course, we've broken it down into three different stages. Each stage is about two and a half, sometimes three hours long, depending on participants and the needs because it's all very individual based. Stage one is our basic escapes where, as you have experienced, (laughs) our scenarios, maybe you're sitting at the park and a stranger walks up and tries to grab you. Mm -hmm. How to get out of those escapes, whether it's like grabbing you by the arm or grabbing you from behind. The thing that you all repeated mm-hmm. was the goal is to get home. Yes. You win if you get home. Yes. Maybe you were going to get into this later, but to not escalate the situation is really yes. important. Yes. We can, we can jump into that later, but it's getting out and getting home. Exactly. Get out, run away. Stage two of our course tends to deal with more aggressive attacks. This is where, okay, you may have been grabbed. You can't get out of the grab you got to escalate a little bit to get out of the grab because they're hanging on for whatever reason. Yep. Malicious intent, we'll say. Um, And as you know, they are more intense. And these ones, we start bringing in the groundwork of saying, okay, somebody's taking you to the ground. Here's how to get out of this escape, potentially. Our third course is where we really amp it up. This is more of what we like to call the you versus them. Because this is where either death, or sexual assault is going to happen because it's just going to end in that. So <laughs> Malintent. This, yes. And so this one is based on making sure the worst of the worst doesn't happen and that whatever happens to them happens to them. You are going to be the one getting home safe at night. Yeah. So, cause there've been 
many incidences that we've heard of just bad things. And... Yeah. Once you're in the bad situation, how do you get out? Exactly. And how to identify it. Yeah. So you can get out of it before you get there. One reason that Stefan was so excited to talk about this with me is that it's not just that one self-defense class you go mm -hmm. in and you learn how to right, stop, punch somebody no, or... Kick them in the groin. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, this is, you know, you're aware of your situation, mm -hmm. you avoid getting into the situation, and then you know how to get out. Exactly. Things take a turn. Yeah. And it made me feel a lot better after doing it. Granted, mm -hmm. I definitely need to practice. Right. More. Well, as you know, refresher courses are always free. Which is awesome. You should repeat that again for anybody who's interested. Yep. Refresher courses with us, once you've taken our stages, they are free. Mm -hmm. We are not going to charge you to come in and rehash and repractice because we value you having the skills over making a profit. And that being said, each course is $50, right? It is $50, but up front, if you choose to pay for all three, it is $120. Nice. However, being on the podcast, we are throwing a promo code out there. Really? Yes. Oh, so, that's so cool. This is the first promo code I've ever right, gotten on right, my podcast, right. everybody. Okay. Soak it up. So <laughs> if you come to the coon or, or contact us and say, hey, I heard you on Long Hair Do Care, and I heard your promo code, we're going to give you 20% off of, or $20 off, I apologize, $20 off. Of Hell yeah. So you could get a stage course for $30 and then have the remainder. Which or, is more than 20% off. Yes. That's well, a whole 40%, right? right? Oh, right. man. Which, in my book, if you pay for all three courses up front, that means you pay for all three courses for only 100 bucks. So you basically Hell get yeah, everybody. You should yep. absolutely do that. This course made me feel so good. Of course, you're just going to hear more about it, but... Right. Thank so, you so much for yes, the promo code. Yes. So promo code is dynamic20. So if you can just remember dynamic defense, $20 off, dynamic20. Awesome. Reach out to us with that. We will happily accommodate and work with your schedule. That's great. I was going to ask this at the end, and I will ask it again later, but how does one find you if they want to sign up? Is it best to go on your website? So, our website is kind of under construction at the moment, so <laughs> if you look it up, please disregard it. It is in the process of being fixed. However, By Michaela. Right? Yes. So, so, <laughs> so when it looks all nice and shiny, you can be like, I listened to that girl right? talk on mm -hmm. the podcast. Yep. Um, and I use girl, uh, Michaela's a woman, yes, but I... It works. Yeah. And so we, the website is not currently the best. If you look on Google, you'll find like our Google reviews, you'll find our contact number. And if you really want to see like what we're about, Instagram and Facebook. Okay. We are there. Our handle is at Silum Kung Fu Kwoon. And you can see everything <laughs> and anything we do. And if you don't know how to spell those things, you can go to my Instagram and it's on there. They are, I'm following them. They'll be tagged in the post for this episode. It's also going to be in the show notes. So. Yep. So that would be the best way to get a hold of us. You can private message us through Messenger, Instagram, call us, whatever is easiest for you. If you want, you can come stop by the Quoon and we can discuss it in person. And we will happily get you set up with getting into the course because it's, it's probably one of the better benefits you can invest in. I absolutely agree. Like I said, I need to come practice more, but knowing what I know now has been really nice. I've thankfully only used it in play fights so and right. hopefully that's the only thing i'll ever exactly. need to use it for yep. but it's nice to know that i have that tool in my back pocket yes. it's a fun party trick too being like grab me see what mm -hmm. happens yeah <laughs>
Tell us how the program was developed, because it was, like you said, Tadao, yourself, and then Stefan. Yep. So the three of us identified that there was a need, that with COVID and the violence that was on the rise, there's a lot of tension being kept at home, mm-hmm. being with your significant other 24-7, 365, with, you know, no toilet paper. <laughs> real. That was the main crisis. The fight's the over the toilet paper. Right? <laughs> Um, and so we just saw this need that, you know, things are on the rise. Violence was on the rise and we needed to do something about it. We had the resources to do it. We had a martial arts school that we teach at, that we had the space to teach it. We just needed to get the program made, approved by our Sifu and launched. And so we spent countless hours doing surveys with peers. Um, we looked at statistics on like a national level, a local level, statewide level just to get statistics like, of the violence that was occurring violence that's occurring and i guess the types right yes types of violence because we wanted to develop a program that focused on the most common ways that women get attacked now you know more than women get attacked this way but that yeah. was our prime focus initially and so what we did was we took all of the data compiled it you know this went on for months i think we worked on this thing for probably a solid six, seven months and taking the time out of our Sundays and spending like five, 10 hours in the Kuhn, figure out what technique works, trying to find the devil's advocate of each technique. How's this not going to work? What do you do if this one happens? What if a person has X type of body? What if Mm -hmm. they're like this? What if if they have long hair? Exactly. Which is one question that I asked Michaela. She has longer hair than I do, which not a lot of people do. Right? It just just goes. I don't do anything. It just goes. I was excited to hear that process of vetting. Mm -hmm. Again, because in contrast to the, like, kick them in the groin. Right. Stop and then walk away. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. And that's the hard part we had with all the other programs we had read about and whatnot is that the most common complaint we found is people felt that it wasn't effective. Yeah. It, and not it realistic is what yes. I would say. And the coon mm-hmm. puts you in those positions. Yes. Which was really nice for me. I also had the benefit of being with Stefan, my dear friend, mm-hmm. who like lived in my house and I've known him for years. Right. But him. I think despite that, I mean, with all of you that I worked with, mm-hmm. because it is a kung fu coon. Right. It was easy to trust all of you. At first, they'll try a scenario mm-hmm. and not go full force. It's like, yes. hey, move through this slowly. Right. And then like, hey, do you feel good? You want to try it? And I always did want to. Right. It's like learning to dance. You have to learn the choreography first. And yeah. And you can know the dance. Well, that's a great metaphor. Please go into why you don't want to escalate the situation if it's just, a, I guess, the initial attack. So why we choose to not escalate an attack is because we don't know what level they are at and what level they can go to. If anything... It the attacker. Be, the yes. Supposedly man someone attacker. Who, someone who is grabbing you, so to speak. If, for example, say you're out at a party and you drop your phone and someone grabs your arm from behind... And you turn around and you clock the guy or girl or whomever <laughs> it may be. All they want to do is give you back your phone. Yeah. You don't want to be that in that awkward situation and be like, oh, sorry. Thanks for my Thanks phone. For my sorry phone. I broke your nose. Exactly. <laughs> um, so there's that aspect of it. If sometimes it's not malicious. malicious. Sometimes it's just, hey, you did this and okay. Additionally, when you raise escalation, what happens is that their escalation gets raised and they're always going to take it probably about 10% above what you have raised it to. Yeah. 
So unless you, if you are going to take it to 100, you better be ready to take their level at 150 because they are coming at you full force now. And they also probably realize that you now know what's going on. Yes. In that initial grab. Yes. And that minor, that minor deflection without escalation will help them to see that one, you are saying no very firmly, non-verbally. And if it continues, that tells you that you're in a place where you're probably going to have to escalate your situation. Yeah. And by escalate, I mean like, okay, this could continue to get worse. I need to be prepared with steps X, Y, Z. They might continue to pursue this with more uh, physical attacking. Mm -hmm. And for them, a lot of it is that you become less of an easy target. Yeah. And that in itself is really important if they see, oh... This person mm-hmm. is alert. This person is capable. Mm-hmm. Maybe and I'll just give up. The crimes that aren't between domestic partners, from what I understand, are crimes of opportunity. Yes, exactly. And once you become a less opportune target, the ball's in your court, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So that would be my advice for why we do not escalate is because we don't know where they're coming from. We don't know what the intent is. And we don't want to sucker punch someone that's trying to get yeah. to it. <laughs> and this is all in the uh, phase one yes. of the three. Yes, this is phase so, one. So our basic escapes because yeah. first part is assessing the situation. You have to know like how, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word. So I'm just how it might play it. out. Exactly. Yes. How it might play out. And you have to know what your abilities are. You know, yeah. if I have a broken right arm, yeah. obviously it's going to be a little <laughs> Some of the things are going to be different. Or, yes. Yeah. And so learning how to adjust in that term. So if you guys aren't interested in maybe doing the more intense once you're in the bad position for Mm -hmm. any reason, this first one is really great because it's a little lighter Mm -hmm. and it's the basics, which I do think is important. Before we keep going, I want to just talk about some of the terminology you've used. Mm -hmm. Kwoon and Sifu. Yes. Kwoon is our studio that we train in. Um, For us, it also means family. Because with our lineage and everyone that's in there... Of Kung Fu martial arts? of the Silum style. Okay. Once you are there and you're a student, you are family for life. Um, Oh, am I family? family, (laughs) Yay! Of course, you're family. Oh, I love that. You know, everyone, we are open to everybody, brothers, sisters, whomever walks through our door. As long as your heart is good and you have good character, we're always going to be there for you. If you're coming in for other intent... Yeah. Those people tend to weed themselves out because they don't get their needs met in our school. We're yeah. not looking for the UFC fighter to come in and talk all this <laughs> like, That's not our quota. Our quota is traditional style Kung Fu for practical use. Um, and so Kuhn is family for us. I and love that. And I love that I'm part of your family. Yes. I also didn't realize that Silum was mm-hmm. a style. Yes, it is style. It is a Southern Hong Kong style. Okay. In regards to Sifu, it kind of ties into Kuhn meaning family because Sifu translates to father. Okay. Um, some of you may have heard it in the movie Kung Fu Panda calling him Master oh. Shifu. So he's... Is there ever a Sifu that is a female or yes. a non-binary person? Yes, there are. Our lineage has just gone males, but there are, they are out there. A would s- you ever want to be a Sifu? Maybe that's would, too yes. heavy of a question, but... <laughs> um, I would, yes, because... She said that with a big smile on her face. Yes. <laughs> benefit from, like, teaching our students and, like, learning from them as well, because sometimes a student will ask you a question, and you'll just be like, I've never thought about that, and yeah. I've learned something from the student. <laughs> but yeah, I would like eventually to be a Sifu and be someone who can help make others' lives better, because our Sifu, his birthday was actually yesterday. Oh, wow. And Happy birthday, Sifu. Right? 
And so we, uh, the seniors, we all got together and got them a small gift and just said, you know, this is because you've made our lives better. Yeah. And to have that role and that positive impact in so many people's lives, that's something I would like to have a legacy to say at some point. One thing that I've always liked about the way that both Molly and Stefan have described it, and of course hearing from you and being at the Coon, is that community family is at the core of it, which Mm -hmm. everybody could use more of, especially during the pandemic. Exactly, that disconnect and reconnect. Speaking of the pandemic, are you doing anything right now that you want to share with people to Mm -hmm. stay safe? Do you require masks we are requiring masks still because we're still very much so trying to prevent it from coming in this whole pandemic we have not had one case come from the quoon we've had students that have been exposed that you know we keep track of who comes in yeah. the quoon we notify those people but no one has caught anything from anyone else in here yeah and do you have limits on how many folks are inside at one time when i was there max it used to be, five people yeah, max of five since the social distancing standards have come down we've been able to open that up more because we're still requiring masks mm-hmm. students are still sanitizing we are working with partners again and getting back into the two person contact yeah um, but again we are super hyper vigilant about sanitizing each other sanitizing equipment Every night, the instructors go through the whole coon, and we sanitize, like, light switches, doorknobs, sinks, toilets. Awesome. So we are very, like, on par with keeping everything that's great. up to date. Because whether you choose to vax or not, yeah, that's your choice. We just ask that you wear a mask to prevent for your safety in case somebody else is sick. Yeah. And well, honestly, it's been beneficial because I, I teach the kids' class, too, and we've had, you know, the kids come in with their school bugs. Uh-huh. And we've had a few of them that have had a cold and luckily no one has gotten that cold (laughs) when i taught or i substitute taught for utah schools for the deaf and blind preschool i was sick (laughs) the whole time i worked there Mm -hmm. i remember i was finally over this really bad bug that Mm -hmm. lasted for like a month and then i was helping this kid he was so cute i'm not sure legally if i can say his name he was adorable Mm -hmm. And he sneezed into my mouth. Oh, I'm so I was like, sorry. no. And then I was sick again for another month. And I was like, damn you, cutie pie. Right. Why are you going to be so cute? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the masks have thoroughly benefited. And we're not doing like extreme hard workouts. Like, yes, you're going to get your yeah. cardio and strength training in. But we're not going to push you. Everybody has their own limits. Mm-hmm. We are also very individualized with teaching. And so... If you go to your limit and you're like, hey, I can't do the 50 push-ups you asked me to do, Yeah, do what you can. Yeah. That's what we ask. And if you feel like you can challenge yourself to do two more, do two more, because that's where you'll grow is in those two more. And that being said, the push-ups are not part of the dynamic defense. No, that's no. just that's, that's the coon class. yep. in classes itself. Yep. With dynamic defense, we definitely have more like water breaks and more like yeah. breather breaks, as we call them, to go, like, <laughs> go to the bathroom, pull your mask off for a second, breathe. And now... Per my request, I am so happy I did this. Mm-hmm. I recommended that you give chocolate to people as aftercare. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it really did help because mm-hmm. after the first time I went in my car and I was just like, oh my God, my body is having a reaction, having a reaction to this. Maybe that fear from that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew I was safe, but Identify then the next that. time oh. I had, I like ate the chocolate in my car. I was like, okay, <laughs> this is, <fine. laughs> this is yeah. good. Another thing I wanted to hit on is it used to be called the women's Mm -hmm. dynamic defense. Yes. And I was going to ask you, though you changed this and addressed it, why women? Because there are, you know, other minority genders. And I assume you're a safe space for people of all genders. Yep. All genders, preferences don't 
As like I said, if you've got a good heart with good character, we'll take you. We're not going to chastise you for any personal beliefs or anything, unless you're trying to force it onto somebody. <laughs> That's when we're going to cave. Stop. <laughs> but it started with women's because women are typically viewed as one of the weaker species. What we wanted to create was something that smaller, weaker women could do effectively to stay yeah. safe. Because I'm sure you remember Justin from the Queen, <laughs> you know, big six foot giant guy. I'm five three. Yep. And you know, in practicality, without any sort of self defense skills, he could easily pick me up and carry me away to his white van, and yeah, that's the end. And he does actually have a white van, doesn't he? No, he has a white truck. Okay, <laughs> not that that matters. <laughs> right? yep. But so having these skills was an idea to design for the smaller, weaker person. Okay. To be able to effectively defend themselves. And it did, I mean, it, it works. It was yes. really cool. I think it was Sifu, who is this mm -hmm. tank, this yep. like yep, that's him. brick. With like Popeye four eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did some of the moves against him and he's like, yeah, there's no way I could mm -hmm. keep a hold of you while you did that. Yes. So if you're smaller or if you're bigger again right body types great are class and sizes so it started with women because that was where the focus was was we wanted to design a program for women yeah now we're more open to whomever may need this because obviously there's bigger problems out there yeah if we can help somebody keep themselves safe at the end of the day that's what matters most that's kind of where it started with women is because we were looking at the smaller weaker of what goes on and like you said, how sometimes it can be your in-home partner, you know, the yeah. person you sleep next to every night may be the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so that was a thought there too of like, well, how do you how get out of those situations? To protect themselves or... Is there anything else that you want to share before we go? I don't believe I have any more questions for you. Yeah. Um, with the Kwun, we do have traditional Kung Fu styles emphasis for practical defense. If you're interested in that, we do offer free trial classes for... Anybody who comes in through the doors, we have standard pricing, pricing for kids, family packages, and then private lesson packages. Okay. Come in and talk to us. We'll talk to you about pricing because, you know, we tend to negotiate, negotiate okay. sometimes depending kind on Kind of on a needs. scale depending on your yes. needs. We have the scale depending on what a person needs. Yeah. We'll make some adjustments. Um, we also do the traditional Chinese lion dance. So if you're out <gasps> yeah. in Salt Lake or Chinese New Year at a restaurant and these two giant lions come running through the store... That's us. And may I say, when I heard lion and then I saw these, it was not what I expected. They mm -hmm. they look like dragons. Yes. Now I've seen Molly and Stefan do it a number of times mm -hmm. and then also on Facebook and videos. Mm -hmm. For the Chinese New Year? Yes. Chinese New Year. We also do special events. We just did Asian Fest at Mountain America Expo last okay. couple weeks ago. So feel free to come on in and talk to us. There's always a free trial class for anyone interested to come try it out, see if it's for them. And this is general kung fu that's yes, done there. This is our general kung fu. And for the general kung fu, I spoke with Sifu and he has another promo code oh. for if you want to do just martial arts. <laughs> um, the promo code is Kung Fu Club. And if you come and you tell us that to us, we will give you 20% off of your first three months at the Queen. Oh, how cool, everybody. So, That's two promo codes. Right? It's a double win. <laughs> so it's Dynamic mm -hmm. 20. Yes. For the Dynamic Defense class. Yes. And then what was this one? I just forgot. Kung Fu Club. Kung Fu Club. For yep. a general, if you want to do Kung Fu or martial arts yep. at the Kwun. Yep. We are located in Chinatown on 33rd South and State Street. Mm -hmm. We're right next to the market. It literally says Kung Fu Club above our, above our building. 
come on in. We'll happily work with you. Awesome. Thank you, Michaela, so much for coming on. No problem. I was so excited when you right? said that you I, would. I was very excited <laughs> to be asked. I was like, yes, I've never done a podcast, but yep. this will be fun. <laughs> and like I said, it's going to be in the show notes, how you can contact them. It'll also be on my Instagram. Please mm-hmm. follow my Instagram. Mm-hmm. I haven't asked this yet, but rate and review my podcast. I do think that everyone listening as of you know, October 17th is are mostly my friends and family. So, you know, do me a favor. You're already doing me the favor of listening. Right. <laughs> Great interview. I would love that. Thank you again, Michaela. Mm-hmm. And thank you to AJ, as always, for the intro music. It gets stuck in my head now because I edit the podcast so often. And as my dad always says, use your head and be clever. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.